Hello and welcome, or welcome back to the Ms. Disneygrams podcast. I am your host, Sarah, and today I will be sharing some tips for touring and enjoying the 2017 Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. This year, the festival will be the biggest and longest one yet, with 75 days and 35 booths to enjoy. So the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot is very popular and tends to draw large crowds, especially on the weekends. And so for that reason, I prefer visiting the festival during the week and I like to do as much planning ahead as possible to make sure I get to try the dishes that I'm most interested in. The first thing I would suggest is to look up the items offered at each of the booths ahead of time. Do some research before your trip. I like to reference DisneyFoodBlog.com, which is a website that will list all of the booths menus and often has photos of food from past years that are returning. So it's a really great resource. And this is something that you can go over with anyone you're traveling with to the Food and Wine Festival. And together you can make a list of what your priorities are and then see if there's any overlap, which is very helpful. Because even though the portions at the Food and Wine Festival are very small, after a few you can't really eat too much more, so you'll get to enjoy more if you're sharing with the people in your party. One important note about Disney Food Blog is that it lists the booths in alphabetical order, which is not necessarily the order that they're going to be in when you're walking around the World Showcase. So another important thing to do is once you get to Epcot, make sure you pick up a festival passport. And basically the passport offers all of the menus for each of the booths, but it does so in the order that they appear around the World Showcase. So you can cross-reference the passport with the list you've made at home and figure out the order that you want to visit the booths once you're there. The passport is also a really great resource because you can check off which dishes and drinks you have tried in the passport and use the stickers provided in it to note which booths you have visited. This is also helpful if you want to remember your favorite dishes and return to the booths that you like the best. Unless you're stopping into the Food and Wine Festival just for a quick snack or drink, I think it's good to use the festival as a meal replacement time. So if you're going in the middle of the day, you might want to use the festival as your lunch instead of booking a separate table service reservation or going to a quick service. The food, like I said, is small portions, but if you get a couple, you'll fill up pretty quickly. So it's easy to have a whole meal while touring around the World Showcase. Each booth has several food and drink options and you can go to multiple ones and then stop along the way to enjoy those. There isn't a lot of seating around the World Showcase but they do add some high top tables and you can use the existing railings and things like that to set your food on and enjoy. And depending on the number of dishes you're hoping to try at the Food and Wine Festival, you might want to plan to be there for two or three different meal times so that you can get the most out of the festival and the limited time offerings that are there. So that brings me to the best times of day to visit the Food and Wine Festival. Obviously, the time that you're visiting during your trip will affect the crowd levels, but I found that the Food and Wine Festival can be crowded for a lot of the day and it's least crowded around 11 a.m. when the World Showcase first opens. So for that reason, I often plan to have a late breakfast or an early lunch or like a brunch type meal at the Food and Wine Festival so I can enjoy a few things there. And it's during the day before it gets too hot and the lines are pretty short. So that's my favorite time to visit the festival. And then when it gets into lunchtime, it tends to get more crowded and the World Showcase gets much hotter, the lines get longer, so you won't be able to get as much done as quickly. 
Um, so that's why I would recommend getting there closer to 11 a.m. So you'll be able to visit a few booths and then you can go back to Future World or back to the resort or another park to relax after you have had something to eat and drink. I think I've seen the heaviest crowds for the Food and Wine Festival sort of in the later afternoon hours. And then at nighttime, it tends to be a little bit less crowded but the crowds tend to be a little bit rowdier since there is alcohol served at the Food and Wine Festival. So if that's something you're concerned about and you don't wanna be in a more party-like atmosphere, then I'd recommend probably going earlier in the day. But it is fun to go at night as well and enjoy some drinks as you're walking around the World Showcase when it isn't quite as hot as during the day. Another suggestion for touring the Food and Wine Festival, especially if you can only go during the times that you think will be a little bit more crowded, is to plan to start somewhere that isn't near an entrance to the park or to the World Showcase. So for example, when you're coming from Future World, one of the first booths that you will see on the right hand side is Hawaii. And that'll tend to get a longer line at the middle of lunch hour because it's the first booth that people see as they're coming into the World Showcase if they're heading toward the Canadian side. So instead you might want to bypass those booths that are right next to the World Showcase entrance and start somewhere toward the middle, so near the American Pavilion, Morocco, Japan, something like that, and then move in either direction. Um, that way you'll find that the lines are a little bit shorter and you can visit the more crowded booths that are closer to the entrances, even the entrance um, from the International Gateway at a later time when you think the lines will be a little bit shorter. The next tip I wanted to offer is something that I sort of learned from trial and error and that I found and that's to have everything you need to get from booth to booth efficiently um, in a place where you can quickly grab it. So for me, that might be my passport as I want to reference what I've eaten and what's coming up next. My ID because I was getting ID to buy alcohol and it was a pain to go into my bag every time, pull it out of my wallet. So instead I kept it in my pocket or my phone case somewhere that was a little bit more convenient to get to. So if you have a payment method or something like that that you're gonna need to pull out at every booth, definitely try to have that handy and it's helpful to have a pocket or a bag that you can easily access. Just helps you move more quickly through the World Showcase and doesn't hold up the line as much as you're going through. It's also helpful to have these things handy because you're going to be carrying food and drinks around so you're going to want to have both hands free so it's nice to have something that's a little bit closer to you that you can easily grab while you're trying to manage all of these things. And my last tip for exploring the Food and Wine Festival is to allow yourself some flexibility. While I enjoy planning a lot ahead of time so I have a good idea of what I want to try, I don't get upset if I don't get to everything on my list. I just make sure that I prioritize it so I get to the things that I'm most interested in toward the beginning of my trip so I'm not upset if I don't get to make it back to the festival or I'm too full before I can get to a booth that I wanted to go to. So it's okay to be flexible and also to be flexible the other way. If you see someone carrying around a dish that looks really good that you don't think was on your list, maybe make a note of that so that you can try it later on in the day or come back to it another day. There's also a lot of other things going on at the festival. The festival center is a lot of fun to visit. There are special merchandise options and demonstrations and things going on. There are special ticketed events that you can go to during the festival as well. The only one I've done is the Parisian breakfast at the France Pavilion, and that was a lot of fun. I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing that again this year, but if you're interested in doing some of the special events, there are a lot going on throughout the festival. There's the Eat to the Beat concert series every evening, um, so there's different bands that are going to be performing. So lots of things to enjoy besides the food and drinks. And this year for the first time, I'm going to be going to the festival at the very beginning, so I'll be there for the first few days. And in the years past, I've only been there there for the last days of the festival and because I got to do that 
I had a chance to look at what everyone else was trying ahead of time through social media. So just browsing the pictures people are posting on Instagram can give you ideas for things that you want to try that you might not have thought of as you were just looking at the menu. So definitely use social media as a resource, even if you're at the festival, to browse what other people are posting and see if there's anything that piques your interest that way. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to today's podcast about the 2017 Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. I'm very much looking forward to visiting for the first time at the beginning of the festival this August. So I'll definitely share my favorites and some thoughts when I return from that trip. And while I'm out there, be sure to follow me on Instagram. I'm at Ms. Disneygrams. I'm sure I'll be posting a lot of food and drink pictures while I'm at the festival. And hopefully it'll give you some inspiration and help you get excited for your trip coming up this fall. Please subscribe to the Ms. Disneygrams podcast to hear the future episodes. And if you have time, please leave a rating and review to let me know what you think of this podcast and this particular episode. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.